Tov and Shavua Tov. Hope everyone is doing well. Today's show is dedicated to Levi Nishmar, Makab Jalinus, Chanabat Shemuel, Shalom Ben Eliyahu, Zerubavel Ben Gabriel, Tzviyah Bat Mashiach, Tamara Bat Mashiach, and Yosef Ben Nisan, Rach Hashem Tinecham Gan Eden, and also for Refuah Shlema of David Ben Rachel, Elna Refanalo. We are starting a new topic in Peleoet, and that is. So it's the last one, and this one, and the next one. It's all the same exact letters from Boreach, Bachur, and Bocher. They're all Bechet, Vav, Resh, and they're all scrambled in different ways. Boreach, which was fleeing. Bocher, like when we say the Bracha and Birkora Torah, Asher Bachar Banu Mikola Amim, that Hashem chose us from all the nations. The word Bocher means to choose, it's about choices. Today we're going to learn about choices. Ra'ui, how come? Baruch Hashem, we learn every day and we gain our new. la'adam The fact that we're here is is already. We started with a good choice today. Ra'ui la'adam liyot sheyeh bocher betov. It's worthy of a person to make the right choices, make good choices for himself. Ben tov lemutav. Um, and it's not only that a person uh, makes choices between good and evil. Like we said in um, Parashat Re'eh, a couple of weeks ago, we read in the parasha, Moshe said, look, I'm putting before you two paths. You have the bracha and you have the klala. You have the blessing and the curse. You have the right decision and you have the wrong decision. As those decisions are obvious. It's obvious what's right and what's wrong. Pele is already taking a, taking a step further and he's saying, a person also has to sometimes choose between good and better. Between good and great. He says, like a, a, a smart businessman, when he's, the start, when he's doing business and he's deciding where, where should I buy and, um, so that I'll be able to make more money, he's going to look for which one has the most upside? Which merchandise, if I purchase it right now, is going to me give me the best the best return in the future? Right? You don't just look at um, oh, you know, I I want to make sure there is a return. You look and you think which one is going to give me the best return on my investment. That's calculation. And you also take a little bit of a, a little bit of each to diversify. So you have in, so that you know that you'll you'll have enough. But your main business is done Your main business is done with what's going to give you the greatest return um, on your investment. He says, Ken, he says similarly, Ha'isha Shalem, he says, the person who is whole and complete, when he starts thinking, what am I going to do in my free time, in the extra time that I have during the day, he'll think to himself, what is the best way um, that, that I can use this time? What's the best way I could fill up this time? Okay. Okay. So, so, yeah. So in theory, I could read a book, which I could read a book and it'll educate myself. I'm not doing something wrong, but then I could also read Tehillim or I could learn Torah. I 
I could spend time just going out with a friend, you know, and we, and we just go out to a restaurant and eat. I could spend time with somebody that maybe they they need a little bit of a boost because they're depressed, and I can help raise their spirits. And then he do a mitzvah. So Haisha, another person who is whole, he thinks he doesn't just he 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 doesn't have a concept of how can I kill time. It's, this is like one of the worst concepts and horrible concepts that's in the American language that people use. I, I'm bored right now and I have to kill time. How can I kill time to me? What a hospital to kill time? To kill time. But the definition of killing time means that you're making the wrong choices. It means that you're making bad choices. It means that you don't have something good to do with your time in that moment. A person who is whole and a person who is complete... And was Shalem, uh, as uh, as Peleot describes, he he always thinks, what's the best way I can use this time, between good and between great and between even greater. Uh, Rambam writes in Halachot Shuvah, we're learning right now in uh, in the month of Elul. The Rambam says that every person can be a tzaddik like Moshe Rabbeinu. Every person can be a tzaddik like Moshe. And all the commentaries ask, how does the Rambam write such a thing? What do you mean? It's, it says it in the, in the Torah. It says, It says, There's nobody like Moshe Rabbeinu. How, so how does the Rambam write that a person can be a tzaddik like Moshe Rabbeinu? How does, he, how does he write it? So the commentaries explain that you have to read carefully what it says in the Torah. It doesn't say that there was never a tzaddik like Moshe and there will never be a tzaddik like Moshe. It says, navi." Or Moshe. It says there was never a prophet like Moshe Rabbeinu in the way that Hashem spoke to him. But when it comes to being a tzaddik, yes, a tzaddik, tzaddik being defined as making the right choices, every person can be a tzaddik like Moshe Rabbeinu. Like Moshe Rabbeinu, Allah shalom. So a person who is shalem, a person who is a tzaddik, he will always look to spend his time Doing what is best, making the best possible use of his time. Vechen al derech zen. Similarly, kishabal ilmod. When he comes to learn, yivchar hal limud hayoter mo'il veayoter echrechi. He will find the learning that he will benefit the most from when he is learning. He knows himself, and he knows this one, this type of shiur, this type of learning. I don't gain so much out of it. Well, there's another type of learning. Maybe I will gain out. Of, I, I will gain directly for it. Maybe if Gemara is difficult for me, but if I learn Halachot, I'm going to gain something from it and I'll, and I'll know how to practice. Some people, the Halachot are very dry for them, but when they learn Gemara and they learn the back and forth and learning it deeper, it stimulates their minds and they love it. So he looks for what is, what is the learning that I'm going to connect to and gain the most from. And similarly, when it comes to give Ma'aser and when it comes to give Tzedakah, Right? He doesn't just give out his ma'aser to every person who comes without checking. He thinks and he chooses, where does Hashem want me to give ma'aser to? Where is the best place to give ma'aser to? And he spends most of his ma'aser there. Right? Like one person one time said, he said, I know a person, you know, God bless him, Baruch, he's very wealthy and he distributes a lot of ma'aser, he gives a lot of ma'aser, but... What can I say? He said, I see his, uh, he has very close relatives that I know that are not taken care of. I'm sure he helps him a little bit also, but 
you know, you know, there, there's no way to speak bad about such a person because he's giving tzedakah and he's giving ma'asir and you know that he distributes. But at the same time, uh, why is he not giving his relatives? Why is he not giving the people who are closest to him? And it says in halakha that when you look in the halakhot of ma'asir that a person's first priority in tzedakah should be your family, should be your, your closest relatives. So when a person gives tzedakah, he thinks, where does Hashem want me to invest the most? The alkol panim, did I skip on here? Yeah, the alkol panim tiyev yado bakol veyechos bazeh vegam bazeh al yanach yado. He says, but at the same time, he says, you also do a little bit of everything in order to diversify. When, when, when people come to you for, for tzedakah, you don't turn them away. As you still you give them a little something. You give them to have a portion in that mitzvah. But tzedakah and the priorities in tzedakah is not defined by who's asking. You don't say, the people who ask are the ones who are getting priority. But the people who do not ask and who do not come forward are not the ones who are going to receive it. That's not the way that tzedakah works. Because sometimes they're embarrassed to ask. And sometimes they're ashamed to ask. So if there's a person that you know is in need, but he's embarrassed to ask, you have to go to him and you have to help him out without him asking before he even asks. And the person who is asking, sometimes even though they're pressuring you and they're pushing you a lot, you still give them only very little. You say, this is why, because I have to prioritize my tzedakah elsewhere. Don't turn them away completely, but you give them something small. Not to turn. So sometimes they get upset, but a person, but a person has to look at what Peleoet is saying. I have a calculation with Hashem of which one is more important, and I have to prioritize my tzedakot in the you places know, that. Which, which one is the one right. That's... Which one is the one that Hashem wants me to well, give more money to? If I have an opportunity for Talmud Torah or to give to the synagogue, which is more important? Talmud Torah. To the Talmud Torah. Unless Baruch Hashem, there's a lot of Talmud Torah, and there's a lot of uh, uh, yeshivot, and there's no place for anybody to pray, and maybe then there's a question. But as a general rule, to give to Talmud Torah, to give to yeshivot, to give for kids, for kids to be able to learn Torah and to learn Torah is, is the number one tzedakah that we have to give. So, for children, for adults, for everyone. Oh, if, uh, if yeah, if there's people who are are hungry and who um, and who don't have food, they're anim or poor. Yeah, they they receive a priority as well. Those those are the two main tzedakot. The two main tzedakot is somebody who is who is destitute, who is hungry, doesn't have food, doesn't have a place to live. Uh, somebody chas was captured and is uh, their life is at risk. and towards Talmud Torah. Because if there is no Talmud Torah, if, no if the children are not learning Torah, there, there is no future for the Jewish people. No future for Am Yisrael. So Talmud Torah comes before building a synagogue. It comes, it's, it's the most important. What do you need a synagogue for if nobody knows how to pray? So a person should always make the choice of what does Hashem want from me now the most. And if a person doesn't know, where does the light reside? Where is, where is the brightest place for me to invest my time? What's the uh, straight path that I should choose, the, the most correct path that I should choose? 
ילך אצל חכם וילמדנו ובעצתנו חינו קוראו החכם go to a rav and ask him I have choices between this and that I have half an hour a day to study and to learn where should I learn where should, where should I invest my time to learn I have to I have tzedakot that I have to give and I have this this and this that come before me where's the best place for me to give my tzedakah, go to a chacham and ask, and ask a question and learn what's the best path that you have to keep. A person should uh, either, some, some of them, they are self-explanatory uh, what the best decision is. Sometimes with intuition, there are some things in the Torah that with intuition you're able to figure out what's right and what's wrong. But um, sometimes the Chacham is the one who's going to tell you, look, this person is not really in need so much. Or this institution, uh, they're, okay. they're okay. As far as I know, they're, they're okay. They're not, they're not as needy. Yeah, they're going and they're collecting and, and they're fundraising. But they're, they're, they don't need as much. They, they, they fundraise enough for this year. Says the greatest of tzedakot is to uphold those are learn, who are learning Torah and to be able to teach Torah and to keep the shiurim full. The shiurim should always be full of people. That is the, the, the greatest tzedakah that one should give. The Torah is a tree of life to those who grab and hold it. And there is no measurement that's as great as that. To uphold the Torah. says, and the same logic also works uh, on the other on the other side of the coin, on the on the evil side of the coin. Sometimes a person is unfortunately faced with a choice of two evils, right? <laughs> right? Both choices are not ideal. Both choices are not ideal. So choose the lesser evil. Do the, la- do, do the lesser of the two. Sometimes you don't have a choice. Sometimes the, the, the world is not a world that's ideal, that every moment of my life I am faced with good and better. You're not always only faced with good and better. Sometimes there's good and, and bad, and it's obvious to choose the good. Sometimes it's good and good, and you, you can try to choose the better, but sometimes you're faced with two choices that are just not great. Two options that are not great. So, Yifchar hara b'miyuto. Bechor hara b'miyuto. Choose the lesser of the two. Two evils. Don't say, just because anyways I'm faced with a bad situation, I might as well go all the way. Bechor hara b'miyuto. Say, listen, I, I, I don't have a choice. I'm not in a good spot. But choose the lesser of the two evils. Don't choose the worst of the two evils. Because the lesser wrong you do, the more it shows Hashem that you were forced to do it and that you didn't have a choice. If a person goes and he says, you know what, anyway I have to do an avon right now. Anyway I'm going to be doing something wrong. Is there a banana? One is there a banana, one is there a raita. One is rabbinically wrong and one is for Torah. But if I'm doing one that's wrong anyways, I might as well just... You know, in the meanwhile, do the one that's wrong by the, by the Torah, make the worst one. That shows that maybe you really wanted to do it. And, and the punishment is greater. But if a person does the lesser of one, he makes the good, just good choice of doing the lesser of one, that shows Hashem that really I didn't want to do it. 
I had to because I was forced. So the im yosif al hechrecho gam onsol ezadoni yechashev lo. But but if you say I'm making a bachelor, you know, I, I might as well just go uh, go go all the way. You know, let's say a person had a had a choice, and their choice in halacha. Sometimes a person is hungry. He's not a you know he has no he has no nowhere to eat. Uh, all the food that's in front of you is not kosher. All the food in, that's in front of you is not kosher. Now, ideally, if a person can do a ta'anit, do a, do a ta'anit until you're able to get to kosher food. Sometimes you have no option. Look at the one that is less non-kosher, that has less of a kashrut uh, problem potentially. If you don't know, ask a rough. But always look for the one that says, because if you say not, I'm eating non-kosher anyway. I might as well eat the pork, and I might as well eat the steak, and I might as well uh, uh, eat the non-kosher. So then, so even though even though you were forced in that moment, it can almost be as if you did it on purpose, because you went for the worst one. And Hashem judges everything. Hashem judges every part of that choice that you made. Because you showed that you wanted the worst one and that you, you didn't care to do the worst one. But on the other hand, if you do less wrong, if you say, I'm going to do, I'm going to take the least of the non kosher, I'm going to take the less of the worst choice, that is a, already a testimony in front of Hashem that really I fear Hashem. I'm a God-fearing person. The anus rachmana patre, and there's a principle that someone who is forced, someone who didn't have an option, Hashem forgives such a person. Hashem exempts such a person. When we come to Yom Kippur and we come to talk about avonot, there are three types of avonot. There is ones, there's shogek, and there's zadon. Ones is the is the least of the issues. Ones is something that. I was forced. I had no choice. I couldn't. I couldn't do anything else. The avon happened to happen, but I had no. You know, I was driving at the speed limit, and I was careful, and I wasn't drunk, and, and I had my eyes open, and I was doing everything right. And somebody just jumped in the middle of the street, and I, I had nowhere to turn, and I had nowhere to go in that moment. That's called anus. It's a, it's a, uh, and an anus. Hashem doesn't hold him accountable or responsible for anything. There's a level called shogeg. Shogeg means unintentional. It means that I, I didn't want to run over somebody. I didn't want to, but, but it happened because I wasn't careful. It happened because I wasn't paying attention. It happened because I was drinking. It happened because uh, if I was more careful, maybe it wouldn't have happened. So it happens sometimes a person breaks Shabbat, a person violates Shabbat. I didn't want to break Shabbat, but... I wasn't paying attention, or I wasn't thinking, and accidentally, I, I you know, I, I, I turned on something I was electric, or I wasn't, or maybe I didn't learn the halachot of Shabbat, so I didn't know the halachot of Shabbat, and because of that, I don't know, is not an excuse. Also, in the law in America, if a person is speeding, a person is going 50 miles an hour on a 30 mile per hour street, and the the cop stops him and he says, yeah, but he says, I didn't know. I didn't know that it was wrong. What do you mean you didn't know? You have to learn. <laughs> you have to learn the laws to know. It's the same thing in the Torah. It's the same thing in the Torah. A person has to learn. It's not an excuse for a person to not learn the laws and to not know uh, what the Torah says. 
So there's something that's shogeg. Shogeg means it's unintentional. You didn't intend to do wrong, but at the same time, you're responsible. You're accountable for not learning. You're accountable for not being more careful. And then there's the third level, which is the most severe, and that's Zadon. Zadon is a person who knows that it's wrong and still does it anyway. person knows that it's wrong. He knows that this is non-kosher. He knows that the Torah, he knows that this is pork in front of him. And nonetheless, he goes ahead and do it. That's the most severe. And even within Zadon, there's two levels that we say. There's Poshea and there's... Uh, um, uh, avinu, Avinu, Chatanu, Avinu, Pashanu, Avinu and Pashanu. Avinu is a person has a desire for the food, and he couldn't control his desires. Yeser Hara overcomes him, so that's one level. But then there are some that unfortunately he has the kosher food and the non-kosher food in front of him. It's the same to him. He's not hungry. They cost the same. It's not that one is more expensive. One of the it costs the same. All things are equal to him basically, but he goes out of his way to choose the non-kosher one. So why? Because sometimes some people have this thing inside them that they feel it when I'm doing something wrong. I did I did something wrong to Hashem. You know, like I I gained something just from spiting Hashem, just from spiting. Look, I I, I did it anyways. That's the worst of the worst. That's called pishia. Pishia is rebellion. I did it purely out of, not even out of desire, purely out of rebellion. And that's the worst avon. That's the, the, the worst of the worst avonot is a person, there are very few people like this, but there are people like this, that they specifically do it, they do it out of spite to Hashem, not even out of desire, not even that they gain something out of it, but just out of spite. So those are all the different levels. There's... Um, Poshea, which is out of spite, then there is um, Avon. Avon is a person who sins out of desire. And a person for sure has to do tshuva, because that's also like a form of rebellion against Hashem. And there is Shogeg. There's the unintentional Avonot, but you're still responsible for it. You still have to do tshuva. You have to say, I didn't learn enough, and I have to, and I have to learn more. Or I wasn't aware enough, and I have to be more aware and more on top of things. That also needs tshuva. But then, the fourth level, which is what we were learning right now, or the least, is anus. There's some things that are anus, that a sin happened, I didn't do anything. I, it wasn't completely out of my control. It was completely out of my, out, out of my hands. And the Torah says, anus... Rahmana Patre, a person who is forced and was and then he is exempt. Hashem does not um, hold a person liable if he was completely uh, not in control. Um, so we're going to pause over there. We finished with Bukhair, we finished with choices. And then tomorrow, Bazar Hashem, we're going to do Bakhur. Bakhur is a young person, a person who is young. Baruch Hashem, we should all have youth in us. <laughs> we're all young. <laughs> Ask the person, why are you going to Juno's? We have all these kosher pizza shops over here. <laughs> 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 Have a wonderful day. Happiest, Happiest